A dance CEO thrives every day with focus on gratitude, growth, and feeling aligned. Unapologetically putting themselves first, striving to become their best self personally and professionally, creating their own definition of fulfillment and success, rejecting the starving artist mentality and competition mindset for one of abundance in all things, including the success of other dance business owners. Welcome to the Dance CEO Podcast. Hello, I'm Audra Allen, the Dance CEO Coach, lifelong dancer, choreographer, and educator. I'm a happily remarried, part-time mom of two little humans and three bonus little humans, proud thriver of adult-diagnosed ADHD, lover of the beach, travel, houseplants, reading, and your host for today's episode. Thank you for being here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to bring on as a guest, Nancy Paradis. She hails all the way from Los Angeles, and I want her to take it away. Nancy, welcome. Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good morning, Audra. It's lovely to be here. And thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here as a guest. I would love to hear what do you do? Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's there's, there's a few things, but my passion is dance. I come from a ballet background. So I am ballerina turned commercial dancer, turned choreographer, director, and educator. Mm -hmm. And I love it all. And I love what you bring to your listeners because it's a mystery. It really is. But here here in Los Angeles, um, yeah, so I work in the educational field in colleges and universities, and I bring my expertise to those programs. And I'm a choreographer, and I own my own company, LA Dance Moves. So it's a few things going on. Yeah, just a few. (laughs) Also, it sounds like you're truly an entrepreneur, which is fantastic, which Yes. I, I don't think that that's a word that's commonly used yet in the dance world. People don't really think the entrepreneurs associate with us in the dance world professionally. So I love that you are just the key example of what an entrepreneur, entrepreneur can be in the dance world. That's so great. Yes, for sure. And, and I want to say something on that note that dancers don't think they're entrepreneurs. And I had this whole spiel about that because from the minute you take your first audition, you're putting yourself out there and presenting yourself. You are an entrepreneur and we just don't think of it that way. It's, it's kind of nutty. So yeah. I like empower, empowering artists that they actually are doing more than they think they're doing. Yes. I love that. So my suspicion of why that is the case that we don't view ourselves as entrepreneurs naturally is because of the starving artist mentality that, you know, to me, an entrepreneur hearing that sound means it's somebody who makes money, which would clash with the concept of if I'm going to pursue the dance arts, I wouldn't make much money. So it didn't make sense to me to marry those two concepts. But when I finally was able to break through those limiting beliefs and understand like, oh, just kidding, there is money available. And also I can do all the things and be an entrepreneur in the dance world. So I think probably reason why we don't toss around the word entrepreneur in dancers upbringing is because of that restrictive starving artist mentality. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. And I, I did listen to your podcast on that and I was riveted. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're right because, you know, we can get all the tools. All of us should be brilliant with all the tools we have, you know, and podcasts and YouTube and things we can look up, but it's how to apply it and that mindset from an early age. And mm-hmm. that's what has to get unfolded. And I'm, I'm even digging into that for myself, you know, because there's only the certain bridge that I can get to. Um, but I absolutely think, you know, and I can share maybe later on in this podcast, my own journey, trying to have a, a company 
where um, it, it is totally connected to that starving artist that it's not sustainable on its own. So I think dancers get that message early on. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because there are also artists that are rocking it and and living an abundant life. So where's the gap there? So mm-hmm. I, that's why, again, I love what you do and what you're putting out there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We'll definitely dive into your journey because I'm curious okay. as well. I will say that on a personal note, something that I've always desired to have of my own is a dance company. And I it's something I do plan on still having down the road because choreography is like a personal passion of mine in the dance world. And I miss that I have not been regularly doing that. Um, but I will say that I knew I had a desire to choreograph but there was no education on how to financially make a company happen. Again, like, you know, business is not common knowledge. And so I will definitely want to dive into your journey to help pull back the curtain on that for more people who also might be curious of that process. Cause like you said, it's a mystery. There just isn't, we just see the performance. We just see the, the end result, which is how we're so used to presenting ourselves as dancers, I think. And we forget that it's okay to share the journey and it's supposed to be messy and beautiful and human. Woo. Woo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love oh my it. gosh. Yeah. So good. Okay. So I want to dive a little <laughs> bit more into the things that you do because you just said you do so much. And I personally am also a college professor. And what do you, what do you do? When, so when you serve that community, what, what's your area of focus? My area of focus is definitely teaching dance, but also dance appreciation, mm. some dance history. But what I really love is the concert programs, directing the concert programs and nurturing and mentoring our student choreographers. I love that process. Um, and I love teaching the dance, you know, uh, technique classes as well. And I won, I've been at a community college for 16 years and every single semester, you know, when I take an assignment, because I, I actually never know what I'm going to get. I'm like, <laughs> what can I what can I learn and what can I do differently this time? So there's always this give and take. I never do the same. So I, my syllabus is the same, but my structure, I mix it up. And these kids just rock my world. You know, mm. they're just so awesome. I love oh. them. So that's that's what I offer. And I think what I can offer, because I'm not from the educational background, I started my career at 15. Um, so I can bring in that professionalism to the program that the other collegiates, um, we balance each other out. And so it's been working really nicely to have that. Mm, that's yeah. so great. So I actually just took a hiatus from teaching at the university level because they wanted me back in person and my life now is twofold. I've got two different locations I call home and the, tra- no, the, tra- the travel didn't allow it, but they just asked me to come back to teach the online asynchronous of dance appreciation, which I absolutely love teaching the dance appreciation. I just love dance so much and I love sharing how people can learn to come at dance in so many different areas and learn to, like the class title says, appreciate it in their lives. And so I'm excited to get back into it, but all the things you just shared, yeah, it's just so nice to help even young adults on their journey of bringing the arts in and how it can yeah. be a part of their journey. So good. Absolutely. I mean, I just, yeah, I just yeah. got really excited to like start again. Like, yes, I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad, because you're really, really busy. And even these podcasts alone, are it's a lot of work. and like I said, what you're doing for the community and you're a young mom, right? You have young, young children. Well, they're at the point now where they're sleeping through the night and they can feed themselves over breakfast (laughs) and lunch. They're nine and seven. So I don't have that. No, I mean, I'm keeping them alive, but they're doing a big part of it themselves now. So it's not as strenuous (laughs) as it used to be. (laughs) 
I, I just really want to bring that to the forefront that, that I really admire that we, we our kids are college age mm. and you know just to really celebrate moms who have you know having kids alone is such a huge accomplishment and, and responsibility and we we tend to gloss that over in the entrepreneurial world oh yeah yeah, yeah you know you have kids like no <laughs> They're my main focus and I'm able to do this as well and balance my life out. So I'm glad that you were able to get that course the way you want it, you know, yes. uh, yeah, So yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I also don't speak much to my parenting. Like I forget. And a lot of the times when clients agree to work with me, that's one of the connection factors is that they're also parents and they're like, oh, so like you'll work with me with this. I'm like, yeah. And I forget to like share that regularly that we're humans first and we have our priorities and our profession should be second. So if our personal is our family, we need to focus on that first. And how can we bring the professional in to support that? Beautiful. So, yeah. So I thanks agree. for things like I, I keep forgetting I need to share more of that. So thanks for that reminder. <laughs> so I'm like, not oh, the, yeah. Not <laughs> not that I stalked you or anything, but even just even just your intro is just so lovely. We get to learn a little bit about you and how this came to be. And, mm. and it is. It's really important. I mean, it paints a picture of, of you. So thank you. Yeah, and you're I, Yeah. I mean, now that you share, like, let's dive into that a little bit more, because, you know, now okay. that I don't think, like you said, people talk about the parenting side of things enough. Cause when I grew up, the studio director at my first studio, she was a single mom and her daughter pretty much was raised at the studio. And part of our financial uh, assistance was like babysitting her daughter in between classes. So like I'd sit with her daughter playing and stuff in between to like help offset costs of like, right. So like that was just very much, I kind of thought that's what having, you know, being a mom in the dance world would look like. And now I recognize that there's so much more that yes, dance is the medium that we're living in with our professions, but ultimately it's really about creating something that we love to do. And I absolutely love sharing so much with my kids about my challenges and my wins and all the things I'm in my business so they can actually see what's possible for them as well. It's been really empowering when I chose to start bringing them in on the journey. And mm -hmm. I think that we forget that that's possible, that we don't have to do it alone and that we're not, it's not something separate that we have to do by ourselves. And then our family some, is and another is in another room that if we can do it all together that really they're our biggest supporters like my kids are my biggest cheerleaders when i tell them like i signed a new client or i figured out how to do this and they're like let's have a dance party like it's so great i love it <laughs> that's amazing i love that you you do that i i um i i had this visual in my head uh when I was a young mother, I worked at UC Irvine, which is a trek for me. It was about an hour and a half, hour and mm. 20 minute drive. And I remember uh, for our finals, we did something called 10 week and the, the students perform and I could not find a babysitter. And I had to bring mm. our son who was still probably about eight months. And I was just blown away how people just received him. Oh, you brought your baby. And the professor, he was holding him. And then we we're watching the performance. Like, it's really amazing how people just your kids get part of what you do. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I just have that memory in my head. And I, I used to bring our kids when they're babies to rehearsals. And of yes. course, <laughs> so we wouldn't get as much done because the students are all like playing with them. Right. But yeah. Yeah. It's really actually, you're actually blessing others, you know, by bringing a little bit of your life to them. I mean, not all the time, of course, but just, you know, saying, <laughs> Hey, here's, here's the other part of my life. You know? Yeah. Cause I think, <laughs> I think also, again, we are, when we speak of professional dance journeys, most people think of it in the performance realm. And also that's such an individualized journey, right? You don't, there's isn't the discussion of what's it like to go to auditions and get into a performance schedule or contract when you have a family at home. Like that's not really discussed as kind of like one or the other. I still feel like that dichotomy is still the main dialogue, which is not the case anymore, but we still speak to older routines. So 
I love that we're helping. Yeah, I love that we're helping shift that. I agree. So good. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now I want to know more about. I mean, I just I've been now yeah. I want to know about your company journey. Like, let's just dive in. Like, I want to hear yeah. all the things. Tell us about your company okay. first. What's the focus of your dance company? Okay. Well, it, I mean, it started way back when I was dancing professionally. I'm on the East Coast. So I was Washington Ballet, Richmond Ballet, uh, Louisville in Ballet. But when I was specifically at Richmond, I just thought it was so fantastic. We were exposed to so many different styles of choreographers. And as a young ballerina then, like, wow, what a cool career. And I was just sort of like, how do they do this? And mm -hmm. so it was always in my background to cultivate choreography and so in my early 20s I've started but like so many teaching at kids studios and then that went into teaching in the educational world but um, okay so what catapulted this is uh, unfortunately when my father passed away uh, in 09 uh, he was a musician a composer mm. uh, a ranger and um my mother had given me one of his conductor's score that I never knew about. I remember his music when I was a little girl. He was a Marine and he played and, co and composed for the Marine Corps band. And so wow. with this con conductor score, I thought, I've, I've got to do something with this. And, and it took me five years, but I was able to collaborate with our own music department and my, and my dancers at the dance program um, to recreate his music. And it was a big band, like a 15-minute journey uh it was just fantastic and to to in his honor recreate this music and that began this journey of what i wanted to do was with dance and, and live music and that began that called catapulted la dance moves and that was eight years ago and i began doing just dance on film before dance on film was <laughs> popular because of covid and just a couple of couple of projects a year i guess sort of creating my portfolio but what happened, Audra, was in the um, what in the shutdowns, which I felt were just, you know, it was an inconvenience for most people. But if you think about dancers, it took their lifeline away. We couldn't work out. We couldn't rehearse. Of course, our performances are way of earning money. But I, I just thought it was so horrible that I had to do something. And I actually created my company during that time frame, which I know is crazy, but I did it anyway, and we sort of did prohibition dance where I found warehouses in Los Angeles. <laughs> so I, I created my first online virtual concert, you know, and the first one was only 15 minutes. It's the first time I charged money to see my work. And then I did another one about 10 months later. So that one was in 2020, another was in 2021. And um, toward the end of 2021, I actually filmed with an audience, a live filming of three new works that truly is my focus. And what my focus is, is live music with dance, art, excellence, and creating works of the human spirit, you know, works that really move you or touch you or tell a story and purposeful. So this filming occurred in August of 2021, still with masks and still very limited audience, but I created three new works with a live improvisational pianist and uh, the dancers, it was ballet based, but even though they had choreography and staging, they had to work in the moment because we never knew what was going to come out of his fingers. <laughs> and so the premise of my company is connecting with composers, however they create 
And this just happened to be this composer just does improvisational. And so it was successful as much as it could be during the pandemic. But what I did is turned it into a feature documentary of how we did it, the backstory, not only the three new works, but the how-to and the, the artist speaking of this process. And so with that, I'm trying to get what I do out into the world, LA Dance Moves. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. So I would say early on in my choreographic journey, what I learned I love the most is the process. You know, I love, of course, seeing the end result, but really when by the time the dancers are on stage, it's theirs, right? You've gifted them the dance. And at that point, I'm just an audience member in awe of what what they've created with me. But what I love is the process. And so hearing your process of it and really thinking through what that's like before the end result, I'm very much yeah. aligned with that. <laughs> like, yes, that's so beautiful. Cause really that's, what's fulfilling. That's what, that's what brings me back every day to the studio is what I'm working on next versus just trying to perfect the outcome. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So, good. so, so with you. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I feel like we have a lot to like, we're gonna have to take this past the uh, podcast. Like we're, you know, we'll be talking some more. <laughs> And I'm, we're both like getting that. all, ex yeah, we're both getting like super yeah. energized and like bouncing around right now. We're so excited. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. I want to dive into the business side of your company for a minute. You said it started eight years ago, but then you really got it going virtually. You know, you, you built it out virtually. So can we talk to the business side? Because that's the part that we don't talk a lot about is people like, I have a company. You're like, great. Did it just materialize? What happened? We We don't talk about that. And I think what I can do is share with you and your listeners where I went wrong. Okay. I think that could be more powerful than, you know, how great mm -hmm. everything is. Um, and I remember years and years ago, there was there's a uh, an artist, and, and I won't say her name, but she has a really prominent company that I was just marveled at her success. And I asked her to go for coffee for me. And this is like five years ago. And I thought she was going to tell me all these secrets and how she got grants and how she gets donors. And she's like, Nancy, I just fund it myself. I fund it myself and then we pray for the ticket sales and like, oh my God, that, that's not helping me at all. But that's what I did. I, I funded these works myself. I've always, these, the works that I've done before my dance company, it's, you know, I would just save up money and, you know, it's investing, investing in my own business and creating mm -hmm. my choreographic portfolio. But as far as a a dance company, you think it's going to come back to me. You know, it's an investment now, but it's going to come back. So, you know, creating the website, obtaining the, uh, the domain and, and all that good stuff. But it was the first time I created and actually charged a ticket. So that was thrilling. Um, but what I'm finding, and this is across the board, which mm -hmm. is sad, that dance companies cannot sustain themselves alone just with ticket sales. You would have to do a performance every night you know, like Broadway. And, you know, so the dependence on donors, the dependence on sponsors, the dependence on grants is huge. Virtual concert number one, virtual concert number two, the third one I made back probably 10%. So what I realized, Audra, and I think this is really powerful, is even though in my mind, I'm like, well, it's virtual, you know, it could be across the world and I can reach audiences everywhere. People still want community. They still want to know who you are, what's your mission, and, and they want to meet you and feel your energy. And so I realized people have heard of LA Dance Moves. They don't know me. Mm. They don't know me. And so after the filming, and I've turned it into a film, and it launched last year at this time, this whole year, I've been really focusing on embracing my, my 
um, community and so that I can step back into this and create a team and, and what it takes to get things out into the world is much more beyond me. And it's not that I'm a one man show. I just didn't have the funds to create a team and pay people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think having a real strong plan and maybe bringing someone in that can help you because we're the creatives. So we kind of need that other person that goes, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how you're going to make your money back. Um, and, and put that in place, you know, prior, which sounds like a real basic plan, but we can get really caught up in the excitement of creating and mm -hmm. hoping, hoping. And when it doesn't happen, it's, it's, it's a hard hit. Yes. And that's what happened. That's what happened to me. Rachel Hollis always says, hope is not a strategy. And it's I like to repeat that. <laughs> you can hope <laughs> for all the things in the world, but there's no outcome from hope. There's no action yeah. involved yeah. other than crossing yeah. your fingers. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that journey. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, especially being vulnerable and sharing the challenges and really, again, pulling the curtain back, which is what this yeah. is all about. I would say that that's a hard lesson I've learned in my own business is, I very much focused on the artistic side when I built it. Right. And I just happened to slowly figure out the business side behind it. And, and I've come to the realization that I too really want to be in my area of service, which is the transformations of the individuals I work with in my community through mindset work, business coaching, all of that. But the areas I struggle with my business not being more successful as than what I would like it to be as of right now is like, I'm still lacking in business things. And yes, I'm a business coach and I can help to a certain point, but like you just shared, when you realize that if you're really more want to focus in on the creative side, then the business side, like that's why they have chief financial officers. That's what they have chief business officers. Like they have so many different titles. And so you can be the chief executive officer where you still oversee the whole vision, but when you bring someone else in who helps put into place the, the, the systems to help your, your business structure be more profitable, that's when things can repeat themselves and you can increase revenue. And, Absolutely. And that's the stuff we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, and there's something that came to mind when you were talking that I want to share, if that's okay. Please. Um, my husband is also a, a creator, a creative person, a, um, a dancer, choreographer as well. But once we started having kids, he wanted to own a business in Los Angeles and had the skill of auto body. He could fix cars. And so he launched this business and it, it grew very quickly and we needed help. So I'm in the middle of his business just in the first five years, I loved it because I was learning all these new skills, but then it became so overwhelming. But we, we did have someone in helping us and she was great at QuickBooks and Excel and all the things I hate, numbers and columns <laughs> and stuff. And what I really, one time I was watching her move everything around and the columns and colors and numbers. I'm like, Amanda, this is your creativity. You love this, don't you? She's like, Yes. And, <laughs> and I, re I realized that people, if you allow them to do what they do brilliantly, that's their creativity. Mm -hmm. Even though we, you know, it repulses us, um, you know, they're great at numbers or, or the mm -hmm. marketing or what they can do to bring your business to success. So I think that, again, is the beauty of the team, because we it's just this whole world in their head of what they can do and bring you know, to the company. So just piggybacking on what you said. Yeah. Well, I want to piggyback on that. So 
<laughs> so building teams again in the dance business world it feels like that's only really realistic in studio settings at a higher level right the more students you have the more money like that's just kind of the concept like you don't you're not going to have a team until you have so many students enrolled and you're handling your finances as well but you can have teams in any structure of business and there's so many different ways to do it so there's two things i want to share one is you can be that person that has full-time employees or w-2 employees if you're in the united states to where you you do need to have benefits included and such or what's more common which is you contract people to work with you in the different capacities and it's part-time and you still get them to serve you but they're also probably serving so many other clients and so that's how they make their money but then you're not having to commit to full-time team members and it can support you and also you can just contract out per project base which is what i've done a lot in the first years of my businesses i just contracted somebody for so many months to work on a, a particular task we needed website designer graphic design or anything like that which really helps but also speaking to when that you know, when you when you gather when you connect with other people who love what they do and they're in a place where they want to serve you to succeed and love what you do all that's going to happen is success right so if you are in a place where you just want to um, attract like-minded people you're going to and those people will be the your type of people you excited to work with and help build things and yeah. uh, it is beautiful. And then another thought <laughs> I have is one of the things I learned in my business journey is how satisfying it is creatively. I didn't know it was going to be so satisfying on the business side of things because it's creative problem solving. And that's when I really understood that I'm a creative at my core and that dance happens to be my main focus of love is the outcome, how I present my creativity. And so I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense that she loves doing Excel, you know, the person who handles your finances and stuff because that's her creativity at her core. And so, yeah, that's maybe, that just reminded me of that as we're all creatives, regardless of how it shows up. I agree. Absolutely. And, and that was just such a wonderful moment because I could appreciate where everybody else is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't even know, you know, that that's their gift. That's, you know, it's something that's easy for them that they, and what they do brings so much to what we do. And it was a really cool moment and I'm really glad it happened. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for listening to yeah. Ramble after that and piggybacking for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you. So <laughs> can we jump back to earlier when you had your, when your kids were younger and let's pull back the kernel a bit more on what that was like. What, where were you in your professional, what were you doing in your dance professional journey when your kids yeah. were younger? Yeah. Well, I was here in, here in Los Angeles uh, met my husband within the first year and we, we had the, the beautiful time of about seven years of marriage before we had kids. I wasn't ready. My husband was ready, but I wasn't. <laughs> and we live, we lived this really cool life of, you know, gig life, you know, auditioning and going out on jobs. And we wound up in Thailand and all the places you, we would never be if it wasn't for this profession. And I remember I did a significant job uh, here in Los Angeles, I think it was the MTV Movie Awards. And it just was that feeling of satisfaction, like, ah, I did it. You know, that's pretty cool. And I was ready to start having a family. Mm -hmm. And and that was a cool feeling. I had already established teaching. I had been teaching for years prior to that. So when we had our two children, I still worked and I always worked part-time. And so stepping away, I mean, of course, those first three months I dedicated to nonstop being with the babies but then i would step away i think twice a week and go teach which was actually a break for me it refueled me it was wonderful 
And um, we're not talking full time and putting them in daycare. It's just this balance. And I think I taught on Saturday. So then my husband, Andre, got to have time alone. It was really, without knowing it, was perfect, mm. you know. And so it was just a lot of teaching was, was my focus. I didn't choreograph. I didn't have the opportunity now that I did then. But my husband was nurturing this new business that was pulling me more and more. I would I would work at home and help him with the books. And then as they, you know, as soon as they got into uh, elementary school, I began working at our business and teaching. And something I'm really proud of is I was always either one of us was always able to go pick them up at three, you know, mm. get home and then have that part. So being an entrepreneur, owning your own business is really hard but then if you look at what it provides too, is that like we never missed a Halloween parade. We never missed a performance, you know, because our boss was like, no, you can't. Right. So I, I think, you know, that you talk about gratitude and I, I have to really say, you know, to look at those things when you do own your own business of, of what it does provide. So that that was my life in early um, when the kids were young and um, and then just our, our one auto body business got more and more successful and more demanding and those days became longer and longer mm -hmm. so as our kids <laughs> kids got older sometimes I would pick them up and go back to the business and they would do their homework there mm -hmm. thank yeah. you for sharing that that's so good yeah I want to yeah. emphasize a little bit more on the fact that you were able to essentially create your day-to-day -day, which is the beauty of being a creative and an entrepreneur is you were able to have your days look a certain way and yes that means you maybe ended up working later at night because you spent time with your children and then they went to bed and yes, but that I think that's one thing that's really missed in this process of really like, oh, I can create my own dance career. I can as you have freedom within that structure. Like, for example, these last two weeks were the first two weeks my kids are on summer break and I got them because I'm divorced and I share custody with their father. And so these were my two weeks. And I already knew I wasn't going to get as much work done because they would be home. I helped kind of set up a structure for them during the day, but I also promised I'd be done every day at 4 p.m. and we go head to the pool, right? Like, and we had a lot of great, I mean, they're, they're staying up a little bit later, so I'm getting less time at night after they're in bed to do things, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been such a precious two weeks and new memories are made and just the quality is so amazing. And also along those lines, I haven't missed any school functions when I'm in town. I've been able to, the teacher calls and says, or the nurse calls and says, your child is sick. I'm like, awesome. I'll be right there. Let me reschedule with this client. Like the, the freedom to be able to focus on my personal life first and then my professional, that has been the biggest blessing out of my business. So mm. yeah, I love that. And it's not just the kids. It's also like, I think I'm going to have a three day weekend for the next four weeks. Cause I just need that. Like, I just feel like I need some extra time. And again, I don't have to clear it with my boss and I don't have to say I'm taking out sick days or using so much of my, like, it's just beautiful. It's so nice. And and I think we're we're speaking on these topics because it it, it is a difficult choice. There are mm -hmm. times when the financially, you know, you don't if you don't book a client, you don't have the money. There there is the downside, but the upside is it's really important to have this gratitude and see mm -hmm. all the good things because we can we can work on getting more clients. We can work on bringing in more you know customers. Um, you know, there is stress to that. Mm -hmm. Not having that stability, mm -hmm. but to look at the things it does bring, it, it helps balance out the hard times. Yeah. The why, getting really clear yes. on why you're doing it. I mean, the why I started my business was for my divorce. And I knew I wanted to take time to build something I wanted, but also my kids were not even in school yet. 
and I wanted to have that ability to be home with them. And I knew that what I had been doing previously was sacrificing my evenings for my, like, you know, just my wife really essential to like being available for my children. And then from there, other wise came in, but that's always the key. And if you can remember your why on those times that you're in your, your slump financially, yeah. right? You know, the, the downturn and you're questioning if you should throw in the towel, I'm like, why did I ever do this? Cause that's going to happen. <laughs> no one ever just goes up. It's never just a, up. There's a lot of downs. <laughs> But that why, if you really are clear on why you do it, that is always going to be helpful to get you through the, the rough times. So that's that's beautiful. And that's definitely t- pulling back the curtain, you know, on, on the real deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of how all yeah. this works. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. Um, a good friend of mine I talk with weekly. She and I just got off our call before you and I hopped on. And she was sharing that last week she was really questioning why she was doing her business. And she's been in business for four years and she's continuing to grow. But like even st- like last week was her week. She's like, what am I doing? What like that question, I would say probably... I'm averaging probably not like twice a year, but it used to be a lot more than that. I've kind of like have like a breakdown and a lot of tears and do the big question of why. But now my husband's like, okay, I saw this coming. It's been a while. Let's work through this. <laughs> like, it's so normal. But speaking to like, uh, I want to shift a little bit to the, the money side of it because that's something we don't talk about either. Is like you said, and I firmly believe this now that you can always work on bringing in more clients. There's always ways to have the money come in. There's always ways to creatively problem solve. So if you're open to that concept, then you're truly an entrepreneur. If you're like, oh, it's only this way or nothing, then I don't know how well that's going to work. Like multiple streams of income, brilliant. So and like studying classes, the fact that we both teach at universities, I also have my coaching, I also do these other things and I love it. Um, I want to like a little tip on the side right there is payment plans. People think that you have, that people are like, you need to pay up front or nothing. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> My consistency in my income is that I have all my clients are on payment plans. A few want to pay up front, but I don't prefer it because unless I get you get that one sum of money and what do you do with it? Like try to spread it out. I love that I have clients on 12 month payment plans for six month programs. I have no problem with that. They're appreciative. It's more realistic as they're working through their money scarcity mindset when like they're thinking, oh, I don't have that much money just because it's mindset work we'll be doing in the program. (laughs) And then they they can commit to it over 12 months. I have that guaranteed income for 12 months and it's a win-win for everybody. And when they come out of that, they're not much, the transformation is much bigger. So that's beautiful. And do you, do you protect yourself just by, with the contract? Yes. I have a legal contract in place. And to add to that, it has been legally, it's been legally drafted by an actual lawyer. It's actually legally binding. It's not something I just went and Googled on the internet. It's actually something that can hold up in court. I've never, ever had to follow that route, but yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I know. Just dropping all things. And I, I mean, (laughs) and I actually tell myself before our interview is that, I need to make sure the guests talk more and I talk less. Like, and here I am just like rambling. Like, <laughs> I just, it's, it is what it is. So <laughs> uh, that tends to happen with me just so you know, in general, uh, I, I am a great listener, but I, I tend to, I guess, motivate others to, yeah. to, to speak. So, so no worries. But well, I think it's funny. What, what, I, sorry. <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> um, I do that well with my clients, but it's funny that we're on the podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let her talk most. I'll ask some guiding questions. And I'm like, nope, here I am rambling. Um, but also that's, that's, but also that's the beauty of this podcast. That was the whole point of this podcast is I was all those yeah. zoom meetings I was having with people that no one else got to see. And it was truly a discussion. It wasn't just one-sided. So I really feel like it really is just honoring the whole reason why I started the podcast to begin with. Yeah. So on the dancer side of things, 
What would you say is a common focus you have nowadays with the dancers you work with? Like, what is your goal with like the transformation that you're trying to help them achieve as they're on their journey? Yeah, this this started probably about 10 years ago, the college I teach at. We realized we needed to educate our dancers. Those who are first timers with our concert program, they needed to understand all the elements it takes to put a production together. And so I've been cultivating this course and actually created it myself. And what I thought, what do you need to be not only a better dancer, but to be more informed, understand the big picture, have more empathy for everybody on the team that it takes, you know, to for you to be shining on stage. And so that's something I <laughs> instill in my dancers, like open your eyes, see what's going on, see all the people it takes, you know, to put this together and, you know, be part of production work or costuming or, or learn about lighting. So it's just like, oh, you know, just expanding your knowledge mm. is something I, I demand that from my own dancers, I'm really picky and specific on who I choose. Um, and then with my students, I've been nurturing them to, you know, uh, to, to open their own thoughts about this. So I do a lot of open-ended writing in this course and, and really excited to see what I see, you know, that mm-hmm. when they're given permission, you know, these students are so brilliant. They're just so used to, you have to learn this and spit it out. So when I give them permission to just oh, I'm allowed to think and, and what would I want to, you know, do I actually have them imagine they were the producer of like a huge Broadway show or even a film and like it gets them that into that mindset. And um, thank you. (laughs) And it's exciting. It's exciting to see what it unfolds and, and they actually learn about their own gifts and they learn more about themselves in this process. Mm. Um, with my dancers I work with, I, like I said, I'm really specific. They have to be able to be vulnerable, mm. be vulnerable. And that we work, we create this place of, I, I do like to collaborate with them and their thoughts, you know, either movement or, or get them to a new place in their own artistry. Uh, then I feel like I've accomplished something. And through that, we're able to touch the audience you know. So I want to just share with the audience because I know we have some non-dance listeners too, but what I just heard was you weren't seeking perfect technique or certain anything that you just talked about the the individual themselves. And that is so key. That's that's the longevity of the dance world. That's that's the sustainability of our art form continuing to improve and grow is the human first. And the ability yes. second. Oh, so good. Thanks for just saying that. Like, thank you, Nancy. I love, I'm not surprised <laughs> at all that you think like that. <laughs> um, also, I was thinking the performing arts is collaborative. There's no way to have, it's not a one person show. Like you just shared, like to go further, if you want to have the spotlight on you, that there's a person who's literally behind the scene in charge of that spotlight moving around and following you. And the stage manager, the director can like literally say power off because I'm not happy with like, I mean, it takes so many people to make it work when you want to present your art. So it's collaboration, it's connection, it's relationship, it's respect. And you are not the diva. You're just the one who happens to be out front center showcasing something while they're doing what they love behind the scenes to make other people see your artwork. Like Ooh. there's so many elements to it. I remember in college having that, hearing that from my professors a lot. Like, yeah, I mean, you keep that tuned up, like the lighting designer is probably not going to have the lights on, like, or they might mess it up, you know, like just something catty as a joke. But it's yeah. so true. 
Well, something that really puts puts it at home real fast <laughs> is I, I say to dancers or artists or anybody, like, go do your own mini production. And that mm-hmm. can be as small as choreograph a solo or duet. If you could involve somebody else, it's better. Choreograph it. You have to find the space. You have to be able to film it or have a small audience of a few friends. Like, where are you going to hold it? Like, all of that. And all of a sudden, they're like oh, wow, this is hard, you know, or it puts them into that different place in their mindset. Um, so that's why I love when dancers decide to step in and be student choreographers or, mm-hmm. or at least even present their ideas. I'm like, oh, they're going on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 I love yeah. that. I want to translate that now over to the business side of it. I was just thinking okay. um, that when you start a business, I mean, let's say in the dance world, right? Most likely you are the person wearing all the hats, right? You, I mean, that's just natural. You have to, you have to do the, the marketing and the project design and the finances and all the thing and actually service. And, but then as your business grows, you start expanding your team. If the sort of translates to performing arts, you, instead of producing a whole show by yourself, now you bring in a lighting designer, right? This could be like your virtual assistant or marketing strategist, you know, and then you're back in the, the theater, they you have like your stage manager who's handling all the behind the scenes. And that could be, you know, uh, no. So it just expands. It can literally go both ways with your business as well as, as you grow and improve and your financial situation increases and you can start releasing some of them, those skills that are not necessarily your forte. And that's when you expand your team. Again, it's a collaborative process. Absolutely. I do want to say, though, there are ways and this is what I'm learning mm-hmm. to create that team even before the business is successful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they're believers. They can be student interns that are actually brilliant at what they do mm-hmm. and they need that experience. Um, it could be people that have a full-time job, but they want they want to see you succeed and it's artistic. So they want to, you know, mm-hmm. do what they can. And, and of course, that takes time mm-hmm. to recruit them. But that's the mistake I made is, okay, I'll make this successful and then I'll have the money to create mm-hmm. this team. And it just didn't propel it the way it needed to. So... Um, I'm a, I'm really interested in in how to create that team now before I, I before I yeah before yeah. I step back in yeah well also I think that means we have to just figure out what our definition of success is because to me now that I you know my 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 relationship with money has changed so much as I've done my money mindset work and released a lot of limiting beliefs from the scarcity mindset starving artist mentality that my success is not financially based is what I've learned for myself. So if I were to say my success is based on finances, I'm not anywhere close to successful. <laughs> like that's, that's a journey. Um, so the money is going to come and go. That's just no matter, no matter if you're a millionaire, whether, you know, you're only making a hundred dollars a week, the money will always come and go. So getting clear on what your success is not attached to a financial number will shift everything for you. So I think maybe Nancy, you're already even, I think I wouldn't even say you're already successful because you had that realization that you want to approach it differently this time before you step back. And I think that already is a level of success that your awareness is already there. So, and uh, just in general, getting clear, like you said, on the different ways of building that team, like they're, when you're first starting out exchange of services, not the same as in like, you're really like your professional dancer and your choreographer wants you to perform like five shows for free with no pay for rehearsal. That's different. That's different. (laughs) This is like a legit exchange of services. You can offer them something and they can in return for like them building your website. 
but it has to be like quid pro quo, right? It literally goes both ways. You're not doing anyone a service. So yeah, like there's ways yeah. to, yeah, there's so many ways to do it, like you said, and then it can expand and grow from there. Absolutely. And, um, and I, I had one gal was helping uh, my husband in his uh, business years and years ago. And even though it was a free exchange, there was still a contract mm-hmm. clearly outlined. Yep. And then, you know, that exchange was outlined in the contracts. And so that's a real great way to not, because usually somebody gets the short end of the stick if you're going to exchange services. Yes. So you want to really approach that very, very yes. strategically. Yes. Yeah. And contract isn't verbal. It needs to be in writing. You both need to have a clear understanding of what it is and you can both reference it at any time. So Beautiful. you can both say, oh, wait yeah. a second. Wait, I thought we said this. You can't go off of, you know, he said, she said, like you've got yeah. it. It's got to be writing. <laughs> yep. Totally support yeah. that. Yes. Look at us like on the same wavelength about so many things, Nancy. I love it. <laughs> so good. Well, I was thinking like, what could I bring to your audience? Because you, you're just so articulate in, in presenting so many of the topics. And, and I am interested in your time and, and limited beliefs, uh, anything that I could watch of yours. But I, I was thinking that what I can do is help unleash people's art, creativity and artistry um, because we all are. But if we don't, it's kind of like limited belief with money. If we're limited in thinking our own artistry or creativity is blocked, um, then we're stuck, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I do have different things that I do to unleash mine that people, I actually brought, I'm in a part of an inner circle of all these entrepreneurs and I actually brought how to do a mind map. And you would think what <laughs> I unleashed with these people. It was so, it was like, there were kids with crayons, you know, it was yep. really cool. Yep. It was really, really cool. And, and there see their response. So I was thinking that that that's something part possibly I could bring to your audience in this conversation is just to, you know, unleash that creativity, you know, in business because this business is creative. Yes. Actually, that's interesting. You bring that up because when I'm a guest on other podcasts, normally that's what I speak to is how to reconnect with your creative self in the non creative world for all the entrepreneurs, business, you know, anyone who does anything that's not, like that's normally what I speak to as well. I love that. And I don't even talk about it in my own community. I don't think about it. <laughs> love it. So definitely. <laughs> well, because you do have so many different ways that people can learn from you. Can you share with us some ways that people can follow you, connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, probably the easiest is my website, which is easy to remember, ladancemoves.com. And uh, you'll be able to see some cool stuff there. There's definitely past um, events, current events, my film. Uh, you'll see the YouTube channel and all my socials and stuff. And um, you can subscribe. I don't do a newsletter except maybe once or twice a year. But if you want to be in the know. <laughs> or uh, you can reach out to me directly, ladancemoves at gmail.com. And I was thinking... I would love to offer a free gift to your listeners oh, who please. are as bold to email me, ladancemoves at gmail.com. And maybe just in the reference, you know, put Dance CEO uh, podcast. But I, I am in a book that I share my journey. And what's beautiful, because you are an entrepreneur, it's a book of about 30 other entrepreneurs and their journeys and there's several who are artistic and of course some in the real estate industry there's um it's just a nice variety of people that i think will inspire your readers and i'm Mm. happy to send this book out for free 
Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and I would love to send you a copy. Oh, thank you. I mean, I was like, I'm one. I'm going to email you. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, definitely. That information will definitely be in the show notes for those who are interested. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for that gift. That Ab- yes, absolutely. And then the second, if if anyone is so bold to email me and just share, you know, if I can help creatively, I do have tips and tools, um, and just wanting to bring what I can in, in the 50 years that I've been doing this is crazy to think, um, you know, find a way if I can help in some way and, um, we'll have conversation. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy. I really appreciate your generosity. Again, not Aww. surprised. I feel like we're very similar, but thank you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, you're, you're welcome. And I did listen to your getting your time back, you know, mm. because that, that was really beautiful and setting those boundaries for yourself because you're right nobody else is going to set them and I I think in my older years now I am learning how to set those you know but I feel like that connection is important first and then if we want to go forward I can share you know how someone can work with me but we got to connect first and, mm-hmm. and feel each other especially after COVID you know it's just people connection you know what are you struggling with well this you know, maybe I can help. This is what I'm struggling with. And we miss that. And mm. I think we're still cultivating getting that back again. You know, so. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That's such good insight. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a beautiful journey today. And I honestly huh. don't want it to end, but I think it'll be <laughs> best for the listeners. It's like a two hour podcast. Um, <laughs> I would love to wrap up our chat today with you answering the question of what it means to be the CEO of your life and business. Oh, what it means to be the CEO of my life and business is crafting it my way with my family in mind, with my husband in mind, with the artists I want to touch and the audience I want to change lives. I have the ability to craft it Mm. that way. And it's godly, Mm. you know, and a gift. And I never want to take that for granted so thank you so much nancy it was absolutely a joy to have you today thank you so much for having me and I, i'll happy to do a part two if you ever oh want. i bet i bet it's <laughs> happening like it's happening ever i've had on i'm like i'm bringing you back for another another round <laughs> thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the dance ceo podcast where aspiring or established dance business owners and entrepreneurs learn to become the CEO of your life and business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and rating. To stay up to date and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me, your host, on Instagram at the Dance CEO Coach. Until next time.